G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 598 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, transmove.com, or you can just send me through an email, tim at transmove.com. Uh, follow my training at coronavirus.com, and I just put a new post up there in the last day or two, and it's one of those things I've, I've generally have to be mentally focused right I've got to have the right headspace to actually sit down and write and I'd, I've been struggling with that I've got three or four blogs already half written out I've just got to polish them up and hit publish but I've just haven't been in the right mindset but anyway new new post on coronavirus.com um now I've got to say I'm a little depressed at the moment. I'm a little little down down on life. If there was a bottle of Prozac here, I'd be think I'd be munching on them like candy at the moment because one of my bands that I really like to listen to and um, me first and the Gimme Gimmies, they've just announced that they're coming to Australia. And I th- when I saw the announcement, I thought you little ripper, and I you know raced into my daughter all excited. I go, you want to come to Melbourne to watch the G- me first and the Gimme Gimmies? And so I, I thought this is going to be perfect. My daughter and I will either fly, you know, they'll they'll go into pretty well every state in Australia except for Tasmania, and. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought, you know, look, you little ripper, this is going to be great. I'm going to stalk, st- you know, I'll see if I can um, meet, you know, in particular, I wanted to meet the bass guitarist, CJ Ramon, because, you know, the Ramones are one of my all time favorite bands. And I, you know, I thought, you know, this is just going to be amazing. He's a people person, he'll catch up with us for sure. Because um, I'll, I'll leave comments on his um, social medias and he'll always reply back to them, whether I'm a smart ass or not. And. Uh, so I thought, yeah, this is going to be good. Anyway, it turns out, because at that time of year, the February, when they're touring Australia, I can't take time off work. In my um, you know, January, February, in the first half of March, there's no annual leave approved because it's all hands on deck. And But there are, you know, I've got many days off scattered throughout. And so it worked out. My daughter and I could fly, you know, I thought, well, we'll fly to Sydney and watch it on this day. This is going to be perfect. And then, because, um, you know, the, the other day that I could go, I'm actually racing, so I couldn't, couldn't do that. I, I did think of, you know, maybe if I could park my car in at Hobart Airport, just straight after the race, fly up, watch them, fly straight back down. But then it was just, what happened if there's plane delays? I'm going to, you know, miss it. Um, so it, <laughs> that wasn't going to be that viable. And so... I thought, you know, we can go on this day to watch them in Sydney. And then my wife reminded me that my daughter has um, tickets for a music festival. So that's, that's, so it hasn't, it's not looking like I'm going to be going to fly up to the mainland to watch me first in the Gimme Gimme's, unfortunately. But great band. And if you guys haven't listened to them, or it's been a while since you've listened to them, if I could jack a line from Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favour and go and ch- go and check it out because, geez, they're a good band. Anyway, today's question, which really isn't a question, um, he's uh, Brendan, who I coach, who put a comment on one of his after completing a training session. He writes, "Having a look over your having a look over the podcast to see if you've covered indoors versus outdoor power." Is there a difference? What is the dead heat of the train training on the trainer dies? This impacts the power output. So I wrote back saying that you know I don't know if I've covered the topic or not, but yeah, I'll 
have a you know ha- ha- gibber around a little and he says he thought he, I had but anyway uh, if 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 I had it's been a while so I might as well just gibber around anyway so there is a big difference I think there are differences between uh, indoor training and outdoor training now when I give a session to an athlete and the bike ride is under 90 minutes I will always put that within the session as a trainer ride more times than not I'll do do that and while it has trainer you know this is a trainer ride I give that responsibility to the athlete they don't have to do it on the trainer they can do it outside they can do it you know at the, at the gym they can do it on on the trainer that whatever's going to get them to do the training session i'm all for um, but but i mostly save it under trainer purely for, for my own um needs because i have you know sessions within final surge um, there's categories uh, within my final surge library uh, and the, the the libraries the sessions i i create and i save and any sessions you know 90 minutes under i save within under trainer so they're easy for me to find and but anyway i do believe session um I do believe sessions under 90 minutes you'll get a bigger bang for your buck doing them indoors than outdoors but the, purely because you know that's a limited time of training most people would be around that hour um anyway but let, but in general you'll just a bigger bang for your buck there's no downhills there's no um tailwinds there's no headwinds there's no traffic lights there's no you know dealing with traffic there's no stop signs there's roundabouts there's no douchebags on the road cutting you off it it's a lot more it's a very controlled a lot more controlled environment so you you've got that um the downside to it is from um, my um from what i see from you know not only from what athletes report i see from athletes numbers i look at and with within my own training a lot of the times getting the power up and keeping it up to a certain level it takes a lot more work done indoors than than outdoors it's a lot easier to to get on the road and ride um even you know and i'm and i'm talking about using the exact same power meter so you got these smart trainers i do recommend if your bike's got a power meter you do you know you run it through your own power meter not the smart trainer power meter just purely because there are going to be differences in in power so we're told they're so they're very accurate especially if you look after it and you calibrate and you zero them off and all that sort of good stuff and just we'll have this as a community side note if you haven't calibrated your power meter within the last week you need to do that right after this podcast one of the biggest issues i do see by far when we're talking about athletes questioning the power that they're looking at whether it's in training or racing or, or you know or whatever the hell the biggest the first thing i do is when was the last time you calibrated your power meter in the biggest issue that comes back is that under these scenario, under these scenarios is oh, it's been a while so stop what you're doing and and, and fix that up be a regular calibrator anyway um, so you you I've I've found it's obviously much easier to keep to get power um, up on the road than it is on the on the trainer 
I do see, especially if I give a an athlete a long long ride and I've got intervals in it, they will almost a hundred percent of the time choose the trainer to do it, even though they do not want to be doing sitting on a trainer for three or four hours doing intervals. They'd rather make sure that their intervals are correct, done on the, with the power meter because it's more controlled. I personally am not a fan of that. I, I'd much rather them be out on the road trying to learn how to do power control. So, if you have let's let's say for argument's sake, it's ten minutes at two hundred watts, nice easy round numbers. It's going to be a lot easier to do that ten minutes at two hundred watts on the trainer than it is out in the real world because the roads are up and down, there's hills and all sorts of good stuff. But you see on race day the athletes who are um, really good at power control out on the real world and using the terrain um, you, you, it, it's actually quite a nice looking thing and if you want to see some real life uh, examples of this Egan Bernal, jump on his Strava account and have a look at his power files I don't know if he still has it oh, it's been a long time since I've clicked on his um, power files but um, a couple of years ago, it was all it was all public, and he had some of the you know be cycling out in the real world. The roads are up and down, round and round. But he had some of the the most impressive power control I've ever seen. You know, he you'd see you know he'd be doing six minutes at fifty five rpm, six minutes at ninety rpm. He's power would be you know let's call it two hundred fifty watts. And the roads up and down, and everything is just beautiful. It was like he's done it on the trainer, and just magnificent. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of erg mode at all. I think you lose a lot of that feel of um, power control. I did hear an interview. Um, I was listening to a podcast on from another coach um, a month or so ago. And he, he 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 loves erg mode, just loves it. Um, and th- that took me by surprise. And he 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 was bagging coaches that hates erg mode. Um, he, he he was so you know he was calling my way of thinking classic stupidity. And that's his opinion. And my opinion is his opinion is classic stupidity. Even though I respect, <laughs> even though I respect this guy in just about every other aspects of his coaching um and and it's not just my theory on on this uh, I, you know i would almost put money on that there's more coaches and elite athletes would lean more towards my way the way i'm thinking than his way of thinking but it's i'm just not a fan of erg mode but anyway um i'm getting really sidetracked with all, all of this stuff so there are there's um so you're going to see a lot of difference with with power power control on the on the smart trainer versus out on out on the out on the real world another really good thing to do when it comes to um indoor training is getting yourself used to the heat now while there's a um a lot of you know secrecy on heat training when it comes to um, the Norwegian system I it's not so much on um, pro cycling they're they're a little bit more open so if you look at um, Team Ineos and I can't help wonder if this is where the Norwegians are leaning towards from photos and videos I've seen they they do this stuff too but I haven't heard anyone talking about it 
is they will when they're doing training session indoor training sessions and um they're getting their athletes ready for warmer races this is team Ineos i'm talking about they'll make them wear one to two cycling kits at the at the same time um and ride they'll even put a fan on them sometimes but um, but they're just trying to, you know, try, trying to trying to cook the body. So, if you're, you know, like me, for instance, I live in a cooler environment, and if I was to to race in a hot a hotter environment, that would have to be one one thing I would seriously consider employing into into my training. I would. You know, you start off with one full cycling kit, all zipped up, and you cycle. You don't, you don't need to be putting jumpers on or anything like that. It's just purely a cycling kit or or your race kit. And then as you're getting closer, you pick, you know, um, pick a two days a week or whatever on the trainer. You put two cycling kits on, and you, and we're we're not talking. And as you're getting closer to the race, we're not talking about you've got to ride. Um, easy. There was a lot of information on heat training, and I'm and I know you're not talking about this, and I'm but I'm all excited about talking about it as I'm gibbering here. <laughs> um, as you're getting closer, so let's say you're, um, you know, 16 weeks out from a race, you can do these sessions. One, you know, cycling kit on, trike kit on, whatever. Um, just ride easy. You're getting getting used to that, but as you're getting closer to these races, um, and now you're four weeks out from a race, you you want to be doing some tempo or threshold work, or, you know, hovering under threshold um, with two cycling kits on, and see, and getting your nutrition in, making sure you're nailing all that. That can be mentally straining, but you know it's it's a great way to condition the body to to heat and also. Um, you know, one thing I actually have played with, and I'm going really off topic here, um, is I mentioned in recent podcasts that I'm looking, spending a lot, way too much of my time looking at, um, you know, how many calories you burn after a training session, for instance. So if you um, do a hard bike ride that goes for two hours, what's your rate of burn, after burn, you know, 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes and i've been using um heart rate to monitor all that you jump out uh, you jump off the bike for instance we'll call we'll, we're talking bike so we'll talk uh, I've, d- I've done this recently i've jumped off a very a pretty hard not a very hard but a pretty hard 90 minute bike ride or two sorry two hour bike ride i jumped off a bike after a pretty pretty solid two hour bike ride I've jumped straight into a, a really, really hot shower. You know, into you know, you're getting second degree, second degree burns. It, she's a, she's she's boiling hot, and I've stayed stayed under there for um, you know yonks. And when it's really hot, it's you know a minute can feel feel like twenty. And my heart rate has st- it's like my heart rate. It's like I'm still on the bike pedaling. Um, easy to moderate you know if i was riding at 60 percent of um 60 65 percent of ftp that's you know my heart rate still sitting heart rate's sitting at that 120 125 beats a minute and not going down at all and then as soon as i you know crank crank open that cold 
cold, cold water and really start letting the, the core temperature cool down, then then you watch the heart rate plummet down real hard, real fast. So I found that really interesting. So, um, like really interesting. But anyway, um, so I do I do like tra- um, training um, indoors, but I do think it's important, especially if you've got. Um, especially if your race that you're training for is outdoors, um, rolls a bit, I do think you, you, you're going to miss a lot of bike handling skills. And I can give you a good example. The other yesterday, I took my son out for um, an hour and 20 on the, and we did a, not a hilly course, but a, a rolls up and down because I wanted to teach him uh, bike handling skills. And when we're talking, when I talk about bike handling skills or bike bike skills, it's not cornering. It's not you know. I'm talking about. I, w- I wanted to get right in, right into him on gear selection, cadence selections, body positions, um, the, the work. So we're, and and you know as as we as he's climbing up a hill, he's out of the saddle. He was moving his um, you know bike from side to side, but his wheel his front wheel's going you know, an inch to the left, an inch to the right, inch to the left. And I was saying, you've got to keep that front wheel very, very straight. You're, you're, you're not efficient at climbing. You're losing efficiency doing that. And okay, and then, you've, you know, to, to make it straight, you, you've got to focus on it being straight, but you've got to use more your arms to, to you know, rank that bike up each side. And that, that will help produce power, but it'll also keep that, wheel very straight and then i was telling him you, you know jump it you know you're not quite quite at that yeah you know, peak area put your you know get into that big gear start slowly pedaling and as you get out you can really you know get some speed up and because if you've got a hilly course you're you're training for let let's um let's say you're doing you know a thousand meters of elevation it's nice easy round number a thousand meters of elevation um, scattered over 180 kilometers over an ironman so we're not talking about a hilly course but but it's going to roll if you bike handling skills or bike skills cadence skills um, power skills all that is at a good level you can turn that um you know Gaining as much speed off the off the downhills to get it create as much speed on the flat as possible. Um, you're, you're surfing the terrain. That's kind of where I'm. 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 You know, is probably a better word to it. So you're using the terrain to create as much speed as possible with the least amount of power as possible. So if you can get as much speed up before the hill, if you can get as much speed off down out, coming off um, a descent. Um, you can turn a thousand meter elevation ride into you know six seven hundred meters of elevation because you've done it smart you've been a lot more smart with the way you've been able to produce power but anyway these are i'm I'm just i'm just gibbering here more than anything but it's it's all all good stuff but yeah anyway if you guys have any other questions jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com until next episode hooroo